Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 11, volume 11, week 11, 11. Thank you for tuning in again. Big show, another exciting show, lots of ground cover. We've got the Mosh news, we've got Mosh reviews, and also this week, we sit down and have a great chat with Mikey Goodman of Sixth, the British progressive metalheads themselves. First up is the Mosh news. This week's been a bit interesting, not massive news going on. We've had some bands announce that they are releasing new music or are recording new music. We had news that Evergreen Terrace are definitely writing a new album. No other details so far are known, but we do know that they are writing new music. We'll be interested to see further details come ahead. Also, if it will be the classic lineup that we do all know and love from that band. Other news was that Children of Bodom have stepped into the recording studio ready to get their 10th album underway. We also heard that Impending Doom will be releasing a new album in June this year. We don't know the title of the album yet and we don't know the artwork, but... Hopefully we will know soon. Some interesting news came about online about Bleeding Through this week. There was a bit of artwork and a pre-order link appeared around Amazon and a couple of other sites referencing a release titled Love Will Kill All. We're not sure if this is a single, an album or an EP. It did say the release date is in May and it will be through Sharp Tone Records. Really not sure what it could be. Things will come to light very soon. I have a feeling maybe this is a single that we're talking about. Could be an album. I hope it is an album. Either way, New Bleeding Through in whatever shape or form is fucking phenomenal. Fuck, one of my all-time favorite bands. And to have new music, either single, album, or EP, just fucking stoked. Great to have Bleeding Through doing something again. We will keep you updated on all of that. Other news this week, some very interesting, exciting news came out from Devil Driver. They will be finally releasing this much-talked-about country music covers album called Outlaws Till the End in July through Napalm Records. The artwork was released. Looks sick. It's a demonic-looking horse with the Devil Driver logo stamped on the forehead. There's nooses hanging from a tree. There's a lot of stuff going on. It looks epic. It will be really interesting to see what this sounds like. It's country music covers, as we said. So, I mean, covers are always a bit of a hit and miss. Devil Driver doing covers, I think, will be a hit. Some details came out about the album. There is quite a who's who of guest appearances on this album. We'll have Brock of 36 Crazy Fist. We'll have Randy of Lamb of God. We'll also have Burton of Fear Factory. There's also Wednesday 13 appearing. There is a stacked amount of guest appearances on here. Not just vocalists. There are a few musicians as well. Really excited to hear some of this really excited to delve into it it's called outlaws till the end it is out july 6 the other bit of news this week that kind of came out of nowhere out of left field is the band the fever 333 which features x let live and x the chariot members out of nowhere dropped their debut ep and also announced that they signed to road runner records It'll be really interesting to see how far this band goes and how well received they will be because Let Live were massive, The Chariot were massive and if you know Let Live, you know that there's a meaning and a purpose behind what played and sung about. There's also a message behind this band. We will be reviewing that EP. That review will be coming up next week. So that's... Mosh news done and dusted for this week. As always, to keep up to date and keep yourself in the loop, make sure you visit our website, www.themoshzone.com, and make sure you like and follow our social medias, which are all at The Mosh Zone. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keep up to date. Make sure you check those regularly. We keep you updated as we 
know all the details. Now it's time for Mosh Reviews. First up this week is the brand new album by Will Haven called Muerte. Now, Will Haven are an interesting band. They've always been a band that I feel never quite got the success they deserved. They're a band that have made a noisy, sludgy metalcore sound. They're a band that people that know the origins of really metalcore know Will Haven. They're a band that I remember discovering by chance through a magazine that heavily recommended them around the year 2000. I then went and delved in and got into them very heavily back in those years of the early 2000s. But then since then, I kind of disappeared from them for a bit, deviated, and now we've got a new album and it was quite exciting to delve into it. Willhaven seamlessly merged the sludgy, noisy sounds with the metalcore sounds and they do it with a lot of ease. They're a band that sit in so many subgenres, not only back in the day, but still do presently. While this album has come out in 2018, it still sticks very heavy to the roots of what this band does. Muerte is Will Haven's sixth album, and on this album, they've stuck to a familiar approach, but maintained an onslaught of ferocity. And when I say they've stuck to a familiar approach, I'm not criticising them at all. There is still the ridiculously heavy down-tune riffage with the screaming-for-your-life feeling over the top. The album kicks off with a very slow-building, haunting song that is an intro of sorts called Hued With The Band. And then as soon as that's over, it's back into normal service. There are some mellower moments on the album in songs like Winds of Change and The Sun, but then there's material in there that is as angry and pissed off that Woolhaven have ever done. Those quieter moments that I mentioned do allow you a bit of respite as the album's spinning along. You just get a chance to catch your breath before it picks up the pace again and then drags you back into the melee and the chaos. The interesting thing about this album is the more you listen to it and the more you give it time, the more it draws you deeper into the spiral of despair that is being played and screamed at you. The album, as I said, it progresses with despair and it seems to go from slower to heavier moments and just gets more and more hectic. There are some songs that seem to perfectly meld both the melodic and the chaotic, which are songs like Now in the Ashes, which has huge riffs, discordant melodies, and it's just so effective and so poignant. Then you have songs like El Sol, which is co-written by Deftones' Stephen Carpenter, and that just puts an epic finish to the way the album comes together and ends. If you have to really criticise this album in any department, it's sometimes that it feels like songs start to bleed into each other and sometimes the melodies don't exactly stick with you on the first impression. They sometimes just linger there and you have to give it more of a try. While there is plenty of variety in the riffs and rhythms, unfortunately sometimes the tonal range stays the same within that spectrum of noise. Muerte by Wilhaven is another classic in their discography. It's packed full of the massive riffs, the jarring melodic moments, and sheer force of brutality and noise. Not much has changed for this band over the past 20 years, and when you think that they're still doing this after 20 years, you have to tip your cap to them. The album has bleak moments, desolate moments, moody, dark moments, and as it goes along, it brings you to this climatic end. This album will definitely resonate with Willhaven fans and will be thoroughly enjoyed and deserved by their rabid fan base. This is for fans of that doomy, sludgy, chaotic sound and for fans who want to know where Metalcore really birthed from. This is for fans of Converge. This is for fans of Dillinger Escape Plan. This is for fans of Will Haven. This is a thoroughly enjoyable album, but not quite a perfect album. The album we are talking about is Muerte by Will Haven. 
out now on Minus Head Records, and we do give it a 7 out of 10. Next up for review is the new EP by Cove called A Conscious Motion. The British guys have followed up their previous EP called We Were Once Lost with this brand new five-track EP. Cove are from Kent, England. They're a band that have been creating a bit of noise in the underground scene there. Simply put, they are a melodic hardcore meets metalcore band who have a very bright future, it seems, from the outside looking in. It will be really interesting to see what this band has ahead of them. This EP contains five tracks, as I said, and it really feels like from the offset that Cove are trying to broaden their sound, exploring new dynamics, and trying to open doors to new possibilities and new realms of the genres that they play in. While that's happening, they're also trying to still exist within the known and safe confines of the things like melodic hardcore and metalcore. They're trying to balance everything at once. They kick things off with a song called Coincide Collide. It's got a skin-crawling, ominous feeling to it, and it hits solid from the outset. There is heavy, teeth-gritting, determining flow, and it slithers as it verses each way and back. It's got fierce moments, and it feels raw and blisteringly honest. There is some clean vocals thrown in at the bridge moment and while it does work, it almost feels like it was a last moment decision. It doesn't feel like it's really been there the whole time and in that way, it kind of deviates and affects the song. Next song, Solace, really goes for your fucking jugular. It pulls no punches and takes your breath away straight away. There is a massive riff bounce going on here and it hurtles the pace so quick. The vocals are raining above it all in a chaotic feel. But the real moment of this song is the chorus. The guitars are soaring. There is a combine of shouting and backing cleans that just hammers the whole song forward and is a beautiful one-two punch. And definitely Solace is probably the standout track this EP really has and the one that demonstrates what Cove is capable of. As the EP moves along, the tone and mood set by the opening couple of songs continues very much in the same fashion. The next song, All I Believe, presents another emotional affair with mid-tempo guitar, enticing atmospheres, and it is just delicately hung with clean vocals. There is an interlude song next which is called Host and it just seems to create an atmosphere that's ominous and very sorrowful. The EP really wants to go out all guns blazing on Reflect Resolve and it's just emotionally driven hardcore that is spot on and well delivered. The guitar work is again very impressive, riffage upon riffage that has bite and technical skill. Vocals are again packing a punch with screams are just pure aggressive and emotion ridden. Pacing is well structured and flowing with an explosive opening to a mid-tempo and moving conclusion and it, it demonstrates perfectly the melody at their disposal and a very strong way to end the EP. Cove are a band that are definitely going to stand out in the current climate of the British metal scene. I don't know if this EP will take them above because if you have to be critical, it does sound very similar. I have heard this a million times before. So many bands have done this. Have they done it as well? Possibly yes. But will it make a difference to the scene? Possibly no. So you come to a point with this EP where... Is it really worth continual listens? I'm a bit challenged with that. I would have liked to seen Cove step out from everything I've heard here sounding too much the same. But Conscious Motion is six well-crafted tracks of aggression and emotional release. I don't think it will elevate them quite yet. Maybe a full length will, but it does show there's a lot of potential, as I said, in Cove. If they stay on course, well, very much... Anything is possible for this band. This is for fans of melodic hardcore, for fans of bands like 
no bragging rights, 100th. For fans of bands like While She Sleeps, Architects. This is for fans of big riffs, emotional music, heavy, abusive vocals. This is for fans of the mosh. This is for fans of the emotional mosh. The EP we are talking about is A Conscious Motion by Cove. It is out now independently, and we give it a 7 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new album by Monster Magnet called Mindfucker, out now on Napalm Records. Decades into what can only be described as a very entertaining career, Monster Magnet are back with their 11th album, and as I said, it's called Mindfucker. Yep, the band give no fucks, they're calling it Mindfucker, and it's out now, as I said. Mindfucker takes the band's trademark hazy jams and bigger-than-life guitar solos and combines them with a very nasty dose of punk rock and garage metal. Unfortunately, it ultimately results in a very mixed bag of styles, sound quality, and also, unfortunately, overall uneffective. The opening song, Rocket Freak, is a great example of what they are capable of producing, with a stripped-down production and a stripped-down attack. Got a very punchy, short hammer feeling, and it comes straight out of the gates with no care and unabandoned fun. Several songs into this album, it just starts feeling very much the same. There are a couple of excellent songs on there, like the song When the Hammer Comes Down, but then a few of the riffs start feeling very trademarky, very samey, and feels like I've heard this all before, which is unsurprising when you are 11 albums into your career. Elsewhere on this album, they tend to stay away from their psychedelic stoner metal heritage and what they're so well famous for and so loved for. The song I'm God does tap into that zone that they are regarded for but then that is about it the album definitely still has all the trademark crazy disjointed lyrics that you expect from monster magnet and there's some really silly ones and tongue-in-cheek ones on songs like want some there's definitely an element of fun and no care with monster magnet but overall unfortunately the variety is not really there and originality is not there either Mindfucker tends to lack the cohesion of past albums this band have become famous for. There are the throwback moments, but there's also just a lot of sloppy moments. This album unfortunately leaves us unsure of its meaning and purpose within the band's discography. There is the massive riffs, there is the big vibes, but it's just not that well delivered. The album we are talking about is Mindfucker. It is by Monster Magnet and it is out now on Napalm Records and we give it a 4 out of 10. So that's it for all the Mosh reviews this week. Send us a message. Let us know, do you agree with our reviews? Do you disagree with our reviews? Of course, hit us up on our email, themoshzone at gmail.com. Visit us on our website, themoshzone.com. Or like, follow, send us a message or a comment on our social medias at The Mosh Zone. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Coming up next is our sit-down chat with Mikey Goodman of English Metalheads 6th. That interview is coming up now. So, first off, um, you're a 90s kid like myself. So, what brought you into the heaviest style of music as a kid? Well, um, I was into Guns N' Roses and uh, like like a lot of rockers were, I suppose, and Black Sabbath. And then, then I got given this tape of Pantera and Sepultura. One side was Pantera, one side was Sepultura. I think it was um, Vulgar Display of Power and Chaos AD, which are just absolute classics. You know what I mean? So I got given them, and I was just like jumping around the room. I just didn't know what to do with myself and. Ever since that, that got me in really heavy music, and then I went even further heavier, like into some death metal and stuff. And then I got, then personally, I, I drifted into uh, more stuff like the Doors and Velvet Underground and stuff like that. Uh, a little bit later, so it's uh, kind of all shapes you in, pulls you in different directions, but essentially, you always want to do your own thing. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I want to do anyway. So what about that 
heavy yeah. style made you so excited? Was it the rebellious feel or was it the sense of purpose or what was it? Just the energy. That's the heaviest, the energy and and uh, just how it made you feel. The 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 release and, uh, yeah, the whole thing is like the energy, the release. I didn't really listen to the lyrics back then, really, to be honest. I listened to the how heavy it was and how it felt and the vocals and the riffs and yeah the whole thing really apart from i really wasn't into very many metal lyrics pretty what made you then want to be a, a vocalist what made you want to pick up a microphone and and have that spot well my uh my the, the other dude and i was going to be a bassist you see and then the other dude in the band wasn't very good at singing so i was like well i'll have a go and then I had a go, and I turned out to be a bit better than him, so I kept on trying to push that. I stopped playing bass, and I went forward and just felt quite natural being a, well, even screaming, you know, just being doing that kind of style. And, uh, yeah, and then then I kept on just pushing myself. I know I always did um, odd voices, always did, like, very, you know, always liked to do accents and things like that. And so because I did that, that I, I I obviously had the knowledge of like working out. Oh, if I do this with my voice, this happens, and if I combine this with that, that happens. So you know, that's how my vocals kind of develop. You know what I mean? So you you basically self-taught. Yeah, I'm self-taught. I did, the only thing I wasn't uh, self-taught was how to breathe uh, in music. So when I learned how to breathe when I was about 21, um, that completely. Um, made my vocal style go into a new 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 place and then the the next place after that was when i started doing my folk experimental kind of thing in a band called sad season which i've never released anything which we actually probably might do this year actually i'm the first person i've told that actually um so we, we might do that and 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 then it was just the two of us on stage so we were like we had no one behind us so we really that really pushed me, but the, and then a massive, massive step was when I worked with Adrian Smith for my maiden, and he really, really pushed me, gave me a lot of confidence melodically. You know what I mean? And um, and so yeah, that's the kind, that's the kind of gradual stage I say with uh, with, with singing. Yeah, but it's uh, it's mainly self-taught, as you say. And you're one of the biggest draw cards to you for me personally, and obviously I think for a lot of fans um, speaking for them is that. Your voice is unique. It doesn't sound like everyone else. It's in tune even when screaming. Was that uh, something that you intentionally wanted to do? You didn't want to be like everyone else. You wanted to be your own unique singer? Yeah, and I think... uh, Thank you very much for that compliment, by the way. And uh, I think think I'd like to remind people of... well. Some people I've been in a band with before have wanted me to um, have wanted me to be more like other people, and I'm like, well, why? Why, why should I do that? You know, oh, well, more some other styles of music are more popular. Well, I don't give a shit because I'm doing my own thing and I'm, I'm expressing for who I am, and that's why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit if some people, if I just scream through the whole songs instead of doing all my expressive other stuff and all my voices. Yeah, maybe we'd fit in that scene, but then we, we would just be the same as everyone else, right? So what's the point? So I'm of the opinion you always got to just do what you're, what yourself, what you express yourself and not try to be like everyone else, not try to sit in, not try to be uh, for an acceptable scene or acceptable style of music. It's a pathetic way of thinking. And um, sorry, I'm getting all raged up. Cause I've got someone in my head. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm not talking about voices in my head. I'm, I've got someone who's fucking said something to me in my head. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm getting all like, ah. No, you're fine. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, I think that's uh, the thing. If you, if you weren't, if you didn't sound the way you are, which is yourself, you guys probably wouldn't have had such an impact on the scene that you've had. You would have just fallen into the cracks and just been another band that played a style. Um and how does that feel knowing that, you know, what you've done in your career has set such an impact on the scene? Well, well, thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate that. And, yeah, I agree. You know, at the end of the day, look, 
system of a down. If Serge was doing what everyone else was doing, they would have never got anywhere. Same with Jonathan Davis. Same with Mike Patton. Same with all the visionary kind of more more visionary artists. And that goes for any artist as well. Any of the all these um, all of the classics, even if they're not really big, they've all got their own thing. And they're the ones which are, which are really everyone else kind of merges in. Oh yeah, that was a popular scene, and then it, then it goes off, and then people don't get asked back. You know what I mean? So um, mm. I, yeah. I really do appreciate that about the vocal thing. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So um, oh no no, it's yeah. uh, I, I, I mean I, every word of it, brother. Yeah, you, I know. Well, you sound like you do. That's why I appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's great. So um, it's great to know that people people think. Uh, in a, in a similar mindset, you know what I mean, like and and things like that, because I, I really do strongly believe in it, and and you should just express yourself for for who you are, and and then and keep pushing the boundaries, and and not try to be like anyone else, or because you know I, I think it makes you a lot of a weaker person if you just try to be like others and and think oh things aren't you know what I mean, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. So, now yeah, no, you're fine. So. Getting into the start of uh, the band, um, you guys started out with a couple of EPs and then the debut album dropped, the, teaser, the trees are dead and dried out, waiting for something wild. What was it like at the time? Because we noticed that album down here in Australia and it kind of it got a, a reasonable reception. But what was it like in England and Europe? Did you feel like people were paying attention to you or did it feel like you were constantly pushing uphill with your sound and your voice? Well, we were we were quite well received in England, but um, it, kind of, it kind of went to a certain point and it just stopped. We just kept at that point. We kept like we, we were a cult band. Now, we never did anything in Europe because of bad decisions by the team we had around us. Um, they never got us into Europe. So we went into Europe recently with Trivium. It was our first ever tour of the whole of Europe. And that's ridiculous. Oh, wow. after 16, you know what I mean? So we, it was not mm. well received in Europe. It was well received in Japan. And, and, and obviously in England, we had our thing. And then Australia, we knew Australia had it. But that was the only places which had it. I think they put it out in France at one point. But yeah, so, so really, it really didn't get very far. But Australia, funnily enough, it got, you know, it got put out there. But I, I don't think it did that well out there, did it? Or did it? It did reasonably well. You guys became a band that, you know, if if anyone was into music with a purpose and that was um, going to kind of challenge you musically and intellectually, you guys were at the top of the game down here. You were the name that everyone was okay. like, have you heard... Have you heard Sixth? Have you heard Death of a Dead Day? You know, it was that album probably more was very big down here within the local scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's awesome. That album I mentioned, Death of a Dead Day, that came out um, and then, as you said, you felt like you were kind of just on a level and you weren't going anywhere. That was around the time that you guys just kind of stopped everything. You went on a hiatus, if you want to call it. Why was the reason? Was it, okay, we're just getting as far as we can get, or is it time for a break? I think it's musical differences. Like, um, people think uh, it's, it's personal and musical differences. We just didn't get on very well. We're all really different characters in the band. We have completely different outlooks on music, uh, a lot of us, and we have a completely different, you know, very different personalities. We're so, so far apart from each other, like in a lot of ways. And um, and so that that's why uh, it's an odd thing. We're not just a bunch of group of friends. Like, come on, all for one. You know what I mean? Let's, let's go for this. Like, um, we don't all ring each other up and hang out every day. You know what I mean? It's not like that kind of band. We were kind of picked through a scene. We we're in a Watford scene back in the day, and we kind of formed like that. And um, we just picked people because they were awesome at what they did. And we all at that point wanted to make something new. And then. Um, it was kind of like that. So after a while, that kind of thing, it can go one way or the other, and it went the other way. And uh, we decided enough is enough. We just got to stop it because it's not making anyone happy anymore, especially not me. And so I wanted to leave and try and do new things. And then, and then, like you're thinking, right? Should we, uh, should we get it back together one day? Because, like, you know, you go on a few years and you're thinking, well, lots of fans seem to want to come back, and that's a great honour. You know what I mean? So you kind of 
and uh, maybe it'll be better because you're a bit older, you know what I mean? And, um, and and so why don't we just give it a go? So you come back after like seven years and, and it was crazy. The first year of touring was absolutely amazing because it was just like trippy as hell, you know. I had tears in my eyes when I was playing the first first comeback show at Download. It's just because you you start to think, oh, the you know it, you're not going to see the the sights that you're seeing again. You know what I mean? You're not going to see the kind of crazy crowds and all that kind of thing. You start to think, you know, that's a thing of the past, and then all of a sudden you see it and you're like, wow, this is insane. I remember talking to Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden about that. And he said the same thing, you know what I mean? It was like, obviously he was on a different scale uh, than us, much bigger scale. But uh, yeah, he said, like, when when you come around the second one, you appreciate it a lot more, you know what I mean? And you guys, when you came back, was there a worry that no one would know who you are or that no one would care anymore? Well, no, not in, not in England because we got asked to come back. We are asked at every festival there was and... And we got so many people asking us and so many bands forming and saying we were an influence. We we kind of knew that people wanted to see us. And we were getting bigger offers than ever as well financially off from um, f- from shows as well. Not massive, but I'm just saying much bigger than we used to get. Do you know what I mean? So, well, you know, we might as well see what happens here because obviously people seem to want to come and see us. And they did. They come out. We had a bigger tour than we've ever done. And then, you know, that was cool. I shouldn't say all that stuff about financial stuff, but um, anyway. Um, but it is the reality th- of of making yeah. music. Yeah, and then, and then, and then then we get asked to go to Nepal. We get asked to India, um, America. We did Japan again, a couple of Japan trips. Do you know what I mean? All around Europe. The, the only one, the only one point where we've been like worried how we'd be received is in Europe. So, uh, so basically, with, with Trivium, the, the the crowd, like some of the shows, we were really well received, and then other shows, they were just looking at us like, "What the hell are you guys doing? Like, what are you trying to do here? We don't like this. This is not our because because we're very different to Trivium. We're very different. The reason we got on that tour is because Matt Heath, who was a big uh, big sick fan, and he really liked it, and so he was like, "I want you to guys to tour," and he knew we were quite big in uh, England. And he knew that we'd never been to Europe, so he thought, well, we'll put them on the show, see what happens. So, yeah. When um, you came back, you, of course, dropped the EP, and around that time, Justin decided, you know, it was not for him anymore. And then you brought in Joe, and then the album you released last year, which, oh, my God, um, yeah, I can't describe just next level, um, which was called the future in whose eyes. Did it feel like there was a new energy now? You know, you've you've set down an album. It's pushed your sound, which is ironic saying it's pushed your sound because your sound is so you know amazing as it is. But you've taken the melodic moments and made it more melodic. You've taken the frenetic, crazy moments and then taken them up another notch. Was how was it feeling getting that album out? Well, thank you very much for that. And yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was really good, and I thought it was a real positive album. Um, I don't know if it's been as well received as we'd have liked. Now, well, maybe if we go to Australia, that'd be a different thing. But we, um, we, you know, we felt slightly underwhelmed by how it was received overall. But then maybe we haven't really experienced it. Like we also felt underwhelmed when we brought out Death of a Dead Day. You know, and so maybe it's going to be a slow thing. Some people get it straight away, and some people take a little while longer to get it. Do you know what I mean? And on that album, you've again, you've again been um, vocally, socially aware, which is something you've always been. Um, and did you? Was it great that for you that you still had something to say? Is that ever a worry for you with lyrics that? Is there still something for you to say? Because your lyrics are unique. They make you think. They make you delve in. On, on the third listen, you're still seeing things in your lyrics that maybe you didn't see the first time. How's that feel for you going into that album with lyrics? Um, yeah, it was really hard, to be honest with you, because I do feel like that as well. I do feel like I've always got to... Um, I always want to 
have a strong concept to sing about because if you don't have a strong concept, the lyrics can't flow. And with Sick, it's the hardest band to write great lyrics in because the way I have to do it uh, is, is because the rhythms and everything are so crazy, more often than not, I have to have a great concept and then I have to do the rhythms and the melodies and then I have to find lyrics to fit to them, to fit to the concept and to work. And so to write great lyrics to sticks is a massive challenge and it always is. And I don't think the, I have to explain to the band how hard it is and how, you know, and, uh, and, and how, um, how challenging it is and, and how you need a lot of time to do it. And I didn't have a lot of time. So I was just absolutely, I think that album broke me like for a long while. Like I, after future in whose eyes, I didn't write any. I wrote about two or three poems in the whole year of 2017. And that's terrible wow. for me, but it actually broke me so badly. But so I, I appreciate you appreciating that because it was a lot of work went into it. And it was like, I've never been broken like that before, but I felt like it was so much work. So, and so hectic, like uh, last minute. And I mean, last minute is in like last few months, which was, constantly getting things out and oh right right I've got to do that I've got to do that I've got to do that and then you're pushing all this out and it's uh and and to me it was a great shame to put out like vivid as a lyric video even though it's partly my decision and um it's because vivid was like meant to be a bit tongue-in-cheek and loads of people were in the van like rocking out to it going yeah yeah let's put this on let's put, let's put this out like, okay yeah let's do that we should have put out century of a narcissist or something like that which would be like fuck you all you know what i mean to a lot of uh yeah. A lot of uh, people like um, who, who like keyboard warriors, you know, and uh, and stuff like mm. that, because that's all you see. You're on tour and you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm my lyrics are getting cussed to fuck. And I know it's a uh, uh, my manager was like, well, you can't listen to trolls and stuff like that. You can't listen to all the trolls because loads of people will be loving it. And I was like, yeah, I know, but oh damn it, man. You know what I mean? Um, Obviously, I think that's something that uh, unfortunately the current climate is things like. The social media warriors, keyboard warriors, whatever you want to call them. But, you know, you're laying yourself not only on paper, but through that that album. So that is a big piece of you. And I think songs like, or technically it's not a song, things like When It Rains is just so uh, poetic and just so purposeful that was that an effort to make sure there was things like when it rains on that album because that rounds out the album perfectly oh thank you very much well yeah the thing is with the, with the spoken word it's a great thing because it can be pure poetry so it's great i can just write a poem and then i can just speak it and it's great so that's when i can really get my best work out really even though i've got some you can get some really good lines out in the other stuff but really the pure poems are yeah so i don't know i i wanted like one on there one or two, but it turned out like some of them like, oh, well, we'll do three. I was like, oh, okay then. So it wasn't really my idea to bring on to, to do three spoken words, but yeah, I, I kind of was not opposed to it and I went along with it and it turned out that like, like you say, when it rains, that was a really good one. That was a strong one. Now, speaking of the scene and keyboard warriors, how do you see it nowadays from not only you're very creative, you know, you do a bit of everything, directing, producing, voiceovers. How do you see the scene from all aspects from now to when you started? Do you see it? I personally see the scene or music in a negative light nowadays. I think it's become it's become bubblegum. It's become dispensable. I mean, how do you see music yeah, I, I feel like um, music and art and the whole is so, uh, yeah, like fast food, you know? And um, mm. and people people just don't... I don't know. I don't know how many people listen to albums anymore. I certainly do, but I don't know how many people... And you certainly do, but... I don't know that, you know, the, if you look at the majority of people, they're listening to... Um, they're listening to compressed files and they're probably listening to compressed music the whole of their lives. We're with just the name of a song and then they flick, flick, flick the ADD generation, you know what I mean? And then everyone loves a good cuss and loves to get attention by cussing out things. And like, I even know this, uh, this, this girl was telling me that, um, 
she was arguing with someone. This girl who comes to some of our gigs was telling me that she she was arguing with someone online because they were really cussing the hell out of Fix, and um, and then in the end, the person in the end said, "Well, actually, I've never heard them. I just wanted to get to chat to you, or just wanted to chat to you." So it's like people are now cussing bands. <laughs> Just because they want to chat to some some lady or someone like that who's into that band and they want to get her attention. Now, what does that say for everyone else who's saying all this? Others, I don't know because there's so many so many people. Yeah, yeah, they may really truly hate something or something like that, or you know, or they say, "Oh, this video that's not that's not very good compared to that video." Well, did you know that that video had ten times the budget of that video? No, you didn't, did you? Well, you wouldn't look into these things, and I bet you've never done anything in your life that has taken any such effort or any creative vision and such as that. But you like to sit there with your little keyboard typing your words. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like people... Uh, also, I got interviewed by some massive journalist, um, many a moon gone by, and they hadn't listened to the tunes and stuff. And and you're thinking, well, this has only taken us six, six years to write this. Do you know what I mean? So cheers for that. You know what I mean? I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not all journalists get paid. But I mean, put the time and effort in. You put the time and effort yeah, into your creativity. Like, well, so, exactly. You, you, if someone comes in and asks you, and, but, but I mean, like we're, we're going back. Sorry, going back to what you actually asked with the, with the social media thing, with the keyboard warrior thing. Is like, you know, like someone cussing an entire thing because they've listened to a song and they've like not understood what the lyrical concept was about or not fully understood it or, or not looked fully into a metaphor. Like you're saying, you look, you listen to uh, my metaphors, for instance, and you, you might look and you, and you listen to them three times and then you might lick them into them. And where you would also, I would also with like Leonard Cohen, who's, I, I put him at the top and then I would like Jim Morrison and people like that. I absolutely love their lyrics and, and Lou Reed, you know, Velvet, well, more Lou Reed lyrics than the Velvet Underground lyrics. You know, I love the Velvet Underground more, but as a, as a lyricist. Um, anyway, um, things like that, when you really, really look into them. But a lot, of, a lot of it's very lazy. A lot of it's the lazy cussing, and it's the attention grabbing. And so many people in this generation are, are, are really leaning out for attention, really leaning out to, to be socially accepted and acceptance. Is a, is bigger than ever now in this in this scene, and and the way the way people think that they want to just you know there's so much uh, pressure on um, on popularity because it's a it's digital like you know it's, you've got numbers of how popular someone is their, their social standing, but you know gorillas are the leader of the pack and their social it's kind of like that in a way you know what I mean there's, there's loads of people trying and, and and the people and a lot of the people at the top of that. Is absolute. The, there's no artistic credibility in a lot of that. The, the top people who are doing it. How can you be that if, you, if all you're doing is this social media shit and that's all you're doing? How could, doesn't? Because if I tried to do social media shit for a while, my mind just goes and I turn into a zombie. So I write music and tunes instead, or poetry. And then yeah, say say for instance, one of these um, people who goes on TV like Big Brother show or something like that, or, you know, or one of those similar shows, you know. So the thing is, they go on reality TV shows, uh, and then, and then they they just all, all be part of that whole scene and just talk bollocks and blog and all this shit, like like about absolute non-entity things and don't really look into things. You know that that's taken over, and, and art has got thrown out of the window by a lot of people, and no, no one, yeah, it it doesn't get the uh, anywhere near the the people. People are just in too much of a rush nowadays. And they're in too much of a rush in their lives, and they're trying to do too much. But but uh, but the majority uh, are doing a lot of nothing. Do you think music um, or the heavy style of music has lost its creative edge nowadays? Then, oh yeah, without doubt. There's like in the heaviest style of music, which I've heard, there's a lot of regurgitated shit. Yeah. A lot of people are uh, just trying to fit in, trying trying to do what other people have already done. It's absolutely. It's uh, it's really uninspiring, and I don't want to be part of it. And I don't want to. I want to do original shit. Um, and if and if that isn't if that isn't good enough, and if that doesn't get um, whatever certain people may think it needs, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather just not do it than try to be like other people. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's something I think you can always tip your hat to. Is that what you do, no matter if it's in 
Primal Rock Rebellion, Sixth, um, whatever it is, you're creative and unique and yourself, and you're not following a pack. There is a pack following you, but you're not following the pack. Thank you, yeah. Thank you very much. Otherwise, you should just be in a covers band if you, if you want to follow the pack. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, before we wrap up, I just want to ask, the Australian tour coming up, about fucking time, first off. Um, <laughs> secondly, uh, what can we expect set list-wise? Um, it's obviously going to be a bit of a interesting thing for you guys to put together, but is it going to be a bit off everything or like, or what? What, what should we expect? Hopefully, I'm really hoping we can do like about three songs off. Uh, we could do more, you know, I want us to do a heavier a couple of heavy songs off uh, The Future in His Eyes. Now, I don't know if we're going to, but we'll, we'll probably play like three songs off The Future in His Eyes. We'll probably play a song off Opacities. From, uh, it'll be Philistine Philosophies. And then we'll play some off the first album, some off the second album. Can we can we maybe expect Flogging the Horses or Bland Street Bloom? Bland Street Bloom, Flogging the Horses. You'll get them for sure, yeah. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. I, I think, I think so, Yeah. <laughs> Last thing I want to do is I do a segment. It's called Pick Your Poison, so it's a would-you-rather kind of thing. We just get a bit more of a relaxed way to finish the interview. So pick your poison, pizza or burger? Burger with gluten-free bread. Nice. Uh, Cinema or couch? Couch. Cat or dog? Cat. Beach or snow? Beach. Cooking or dining out? Cooking. Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Um, CD or vinyl? It's hard. It's hard because I like both, but uh, CD is easier for the car. And last one, Terminator or Predator? Terminator. Nice. Um, thank you so much again, Mikey, for taking time out for me, dude. No, dude, thank you so much for everything you said. So that was our chat with Mikey Goodman of Sixth. Thank you again to the man for taking time out for the show. Great opportunity to get to know all about Mikey and all about the band. As you could gather through that interview, Mikey's a very passionate man. He's definitely got something to say and was a great opportunity to capture that for the show. Of course, 6th are touring Australia in May, so make sure you get along and support the band and support live music. Ticketing information and all of those dates are on our website, www.themoshzone.com. Get along, get your fucking ass to a show, show these bands that we do have a live music scene in our country. So, coming up over the next few weeks, we speak to Brandon of Bleeding Through, we've got Sonny of P.O.D., we also get to talk to Andrew of Comeback Kid, we've got Wednesday 13, Robbie from The Contortionist, Dan of Story of the Year and Howard Jones of Light the Torch and Kill Switch Engage. All of those will be coming up over the next few weeks with a few others in the pipeline. So make sure you're following our social medias, following our website and of course make sure you're liking and subscribing to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio And hopefully coming soon, we will be on Spotify. So make sure you're keeping up to date through all of those and listening on a regular basis. A couple of questions we had thrown at the show this week. One was, how do we come up with what to review each week? Quite simply, there is a lot of albums that are released. Some we just don't touch on for the sake of, we just don't want to be doing negative reviews each week. The other thing we need to make sure is that the album has been out for at least a week so that we're actually able to give it a decent review. We will be having quite a few coming up over the next few weeks. We've got Light the Torch, we've got Under Oath, Crowned Kings, The Fever 333, a lot of those coming up. There will be stacks of reviews coming but of course we occasionally miss some albums or forget some albums. So if there's something we haven't reviewed that you really think we should, send us an email, themoshzone at gmail.com. Or if you're in a band and you want your release reviewed, send us an email and get in touch and we'll try and get your release on the show. Another question this week was, what do we think of other Australian podcast shows? 
Well, to be honest, I don't think there is actually really Australian podcast shows. There are shows like one called Wall of Sound, which, to be honest, it's not actually a podcast show. It's an hour and a half of music with a 15-minute interview thrown in there. That's just a radio station. That's not a fucking podcast show. It's been getting a lot of success, a lot of attention. Good on them. But advertising it as a podcast show is just fucking lies. A podcast show is supposed to be chat, supposed to be conversation, supposed to be talking. If I'm hearing an hour and a half of music on a so-called podcast show, then really I should just be tuning into Triple J or Triple M. Make sure you're supporting proper podcast shows. Things like us, there's also shows like the X-Men, there's also the Jasta Show, Get behind actual podcasts. If you want radio shows, tune in to the radio. So that is episode 11 done and dusted for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, make sure you send us an email, themoshzone at gmail.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to our website, which is www.themoshzone.com. Subscribe so you can stay up to date on all the news articles, podcasts and reviews as they're released. Also, by staying subscribed to our website, you will be getting offers and exclusive coupons for things in the next few months. So you need to be subscribed to be in the loop for those things. Also, don't forget our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone. That's, of course, for Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give that a like, give that a follow, stay up to date with all of the information and all of the news and gossip as we get it. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe and share this podcast show. Help us spread the word about The Mosh Zone, help us get more listeners. Your support is invaluable and your help doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a massive show next week. It is Brandon of Bleeding Through and Iron Sun coming up. We've also got reviews of Light the Torch, The Fever 333, and Suicidal Tendencies, and we'll also be reviewing the new EP by Too Pure to Die. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the bridge.